Welcome to Trauma from My Mama with Fatima, the podcast where we explore the complex and often painful relationships between Black women from Generation X and their mothers. I am your host, Fatima. Join us as we explore the impact of traumatic experiences on our lives, relationships, and mental health. This is a safe space where Black sheep are heard and honored. This is Trauma from My Mama. Hey sisters. Hello my fellow black sheep, my strong, resilient, rebellious black sheep. I hope the past week has been kind to you and if it hasn't, I'm so glad you made it. Before we begin the show, I want to do a wellness check. How are you, sister? Take a moment. Don't answer too quickly. Take a moment. Close your eyes. Put your hand over your heart. Tap into yourself. And now answer. How are you? Did anything traumatic happen to you this past week? Were you able to process it effectively so that you can go on with your life? If not, do you have tools that can help you process it? A tribe, a confidant, self-help tools that can help you make your way through? Understand that everything that you feel is validated. And I am affirming you. You are human. And you are entitled to your feeling. I care about you. And I am rooting for you. Let's add an affirmation to this show and I hope to add an affirmation going forward to subsequent shows. In light of my topic last week where I spoke of um, having a narcissistic parent, let's stay in that mind frame and go with an affirmation that I discovered at wondermind.com. Wonder mind.com so the affirmation is I choose to find people who make me feel safe and supported this resonates with me and I hope it resonates with you because when you are a child of trauma when you are still reeling from childhood trauma. Being validated, affirmed, and not gaslit is like finding a needle in the haystack. So, Wondermind goes on to say, when you have people in your corner who make you feel validated and understood, it's easier to feel empowered in all aspects of your life. 
it's easier to feel empowered in all aspects of your life. And creating a community of people who not only look like you, but can relate to your lived experiences as a black person will help you gain a sense of belonging, curb some loneliness, and feel safe and supported. At the end of the day, we all we got. So let's repeat this affirmation when we need to give ourselves permission to let go of anybody who may be detrimental to our mental health and claim relationships with folks who make you feel seen. That was a word. Again, the affirmation is, I choose to find people who make me feel safe and supported. And I hope I make you feel safe and supported. Thus, why you're listening. Let's get on with the show. You ready? Let's go. And speaking of mental health, I came across a news release that was posted by NYU, New York, New York University. And the title is Depression May Look Different in Black Women. Now, I'm sharing this because, you know, we don't even allow ourselves to be depressed because we have been indoctrinated and it's been inculcated that we're strong black women and to be anything else it means we're weak well we've seen what's happened when we don't take care of our mental health we no one will be taken care of we can't do our job effectively we can't be um in the uh Uh, the type of member in society that we need to be we're ineffective in familiar positions social positions so I just thought it was important to share this news release this was uh posted December 13 2022 so this is recent so the subheading says variation in depression symptoms could translate to underdiagnosis and miscare uh, no shock there. There didn't need a study for that because all you have to do is ask a black woman who presented with certain medical issues and we weren't taken seriously. But I digress. Black women with symptoms of depression more often report sleep disturbances, self-criticism, and irritability than stereotypical symptoms such as depressed mood, according to a new study led by researchers at NYU Rory Myers College of Nursing and Columbia University of Nursing. Based on our findings, it's possible that healthcare providers may miss depression symptoms in black women resulting in underdiagnosis and undertreatment. Typically, depression is diagnosed based on symptoms that patients report during an evaluation via health provider. And I'm just paraphrasing. Common symptoms include, and and we know those typical symptoms, low mood, loss of interest in doing shit. Um, We either eat, you eat too much or you're eating less. Um, You feel hopeless and worthlessness. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to shower. You don't participate in typical daily activities. But it says symptoms of depression can vary from one person to the next, which we know that. So let me scroll down. 
of the depression symptoms among black women, a population that is understudied despite being at risk for depression. So this study was uh, aimed at filling the gap. So the symptoms that we, and I'm sure this is going to resonate with many of you because it resonated with me. Black women in the study with greater depressive symptoms were more likely to report somatic symptoms, i.e. fatigue, insomnia, decreased libido, and self-critical symptoms, i.e. self-hate, self-blame, putting ourselves down. I'm just throwing that in there. Um, Constantly negative towards, towards yourself and others. Then stereotypical depression symptoms such as feelings of hopelessness or depressed mood also reported experienced anhedonia which is an an inability to experience experience pleasure in addition to irritability now um i i i the word anhedonia i'm like i'm thinking hedonism hedon and so you know hedonism means happiness pleasure anhedonia is the antithesis of this you you're unable to experience pleasure you're unable to experience happiness be that in a sexual um intimate situation or socially or just every day it's just hard to to find joy which in my 20s hated my 20s because it was I was what is that I can't remember the name of that cartoon character and he had a constant dark cloud hanging over him that that was me you talking about faking it till you make it and for many a day I could not make it and here I am a mother with kids I could not it took everything in me to get my kids tended to I mean something as small as feet as bathing them giving them making their breakfast taking them to school it was so hard and I became antisocial. I didn't want to be around people because I was a negative Nancy I there was nothing I was cynical I was skeptical I still am a skeptic which uh I never want to lose that aspect of me, but I just could. It was always the glass was half empty. I could never see the glass as half full. So, sister, I'm bringing this up because you may be struggling and you can't shake off this the feeling of being uh, tired. I, I was so tired. I still am dealing with the exhaustion, and I have a therapist. Thank goodness who is helping me navigate this uh my mental health trajectory but it may not always be the fatigue and exhaustion may not always be tied to physical labor it could be mental labor that is bringing you down and so the researcher said why this might not be applied to all black women because the study were participants were younger okay and which mean that they said that they had relatively low levels of depression. Period. Black women. I don't care. Some older some older women can subscribe to these feelings. Some younger women can subscribe to um, the feelings that many of us older women have dealt with. Where the the we're dealing with the perfectionism, the fear of rejection, which has been put on us in our childhood 
trauma upon trauma upon trauma trying to meet the expectations of family members who couldn't even meet the expectations in their own damn life but set these bars high for us and expect us to live live up to them and i'm looking at the people in my family like you got to be kidding i'm sorry about the ranch y'all because this is personal so i'm bringing this up because we again find ourselves on the bottom of the totem pole the the proverbial totem pole we have a high mortality rate when it comes to black women and pregnancy black women are dying in pregnancy we are not taken serious we don't get the same care as our white counterparts our babies are dying the infant mortality rate is the highest among our black babies i just looked this up because i wanted to have this ready because i knew i was going to talk about it okay so the the infant basically the definition the infant mortality rate is the number of infant deaths for every 1000 live births okay so for every live birth there is a certain number of babies who will pass and there's a number that's been a based on statistical studies that's been assigned to the races okay black non-black hispanic non-white okay so check this out the infant mortality rate no i'm gonna start with okay the infant mortality rate for non-black hit the non-hispanic black the non-hispanic white ratio 2.4 okay all right non-hispanic white 4.4 do you want to hear how many for us the non-hispanic black for every 1,000 live births, 10.4 black babies are going to pass. It could be due to SIDS. It could be to, to illness, neglect, hospital neglect, whatever. Actually, let me take that back. This says the sudden infant death syndrome mortality rate so the there might not even be a reason as to why the babies die i just want to make sure i'm giving correct information should you guys decide to look this up so according to the u.s department of health and human services office of minority health so there is a whole department dedicated to us to the minorities 10.4 of our children out of 1,000 births will not make it. They will succumb to SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. That is scary. So, okay, so I'm scrolling down. It's at leading causes of infant mortality, including but not, I'm sure there's, this is the top five, low birth weight. Gee whiz. For the black death, number one is low birth weight. Rate, low birth weight. 1,136, and this is out of 100,000 live births. 1,136 of our babies will pass away due to low birth weight. Number two, congenital malformations. 705. This is out every 100,000 live births. Number three, 
Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, 472. Number four, accidents, unintentional injuries, 375. Maternal complications. This could be uh, dying in utero or during delivery, 337. And when I tell you that these numbers are exponential in comparison to the other races, not only is it is sobering, it's maddening and saddening. And so I bring this information to you because while we while these people are medical professionals, they don't know our bodies better than we do. And so it is incumbent upon all of us to not advocate for just for our children the same way we advocate for our babies. When the doctors aren't taking you serious because your child, I'm thinking about my niece, her baby had GERD. She was losing weight. Every time she drank her bottle, she would lay when she lay down, she would experience projectile vomiting and she wasn't taken serious. And I told her. You better do your due diligence because these people, you're young, you're black, and you're receiving assistance from, assistance from the state. They will not take you serious unless you come armed with information. And because your baby is losing weight, they will say that you are being neglectful. And I be damned if this girl didn't do her due diligence and come to find out her baby suffered from GERD. She was three months old, suffered from GERD, heartburn, bad heartburn. And they gave her whatever that purple box to remedy heartburn. She, The baby received that with a prescription at three months. And the doctor said, typically, because my niece, I was so proud of her. I was with her at the hospital. She had printed out paper. I told her to put all of the symptoms in the computer and see what comes out. And she had this paper and she put it in the doctor's face. And it was on a Friday. And she said that she was not leaving that hospital until somebody listened to her. And they had a GI come in. This is at a children's hospital. And they talked to her on a Saturday. And the baby was just discharged Monday. And she felt so good because she didn't know she had the power to do that. We tend to be intimidated by people who have a formal education. They have a lot of letters behind their name, but you know you better than they do. They know case studies. You know you. So this is why I'm bringing this up to stress the importance of educating yourself so that you can stand toe to toe with the medical professional. And that ends our mental health and well and physical health moment. If you're a first time listener of Trauma from My Mama podcast, I went no contact with my mother two weeks ago. So just to give a little update. Well, before that, the podcast was born because I wanted to do something cathartic to process my feelings But I was not writing in a journal. That wasn't happening. So I decided to like talk it out and record. Because I was like, fuck it, I might as well create a podcast. So to the three of you that's listening, thank you. 
the update is I feel much better this time around. I went through a grieving process. I, you know, my mind wandered saying, I need to buy this. I need to buy this for, and no, I'm channeling all of that energy into me. I don't know if she's tried to contact me because she is blocked everywhere. She can't contact me on social media, nor can she contact me on my phone. Now she is on my plan, my telephone plan. I'm not changing that. I've been paying the bill. I'm going to keep paying the bill. But that's as far as I'm going. For 40 plus years, I have felt obligated to take care of my mother in some form or fashion. And I'm choosing to take care of myself. And having said that, it is painfully apparent that I do not know how to love myself. As I've said on the last part, the last episode, the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. So I didn't even know where to begin. Like, how do I love myself? What do I do? How? I went to Google. I printed off. You can hear the papers. And I went to Google and I downloaded how to love yourself. 20 ways to start loving yourself again. Again? That's a stretch. Again? My love for myself was cloaked in sarcasm and being quick-witted and shutting down people and clapping back and building walls and being defensive. That was how I loved myself. That love was very, very shallow. So I really want to learn how to truly, truly love myself. And point number one, it says, let go of all your regrets and past mistakes. I'm doing good with that. The regrets, I don't have too many regrets, but I do have a couple. I acknowledge and I understand that I didn't have the tools for most of these. I just... I could have been a better parent had I had better examples, had I had been given the tools, especially if we had today's technology back then. If someone would have told me about myself, I could have been a better mother to my daughter. Be it as it may, I'm letting go of my regrets and my past mistakes because I have to love myself. So black sheep, my sisters, number one, let go of all your regrets and past mistakes. Okay. Number two, don't compare yourself to others. I've grown up comparing myself to my brothers, wishing my I could receive the same treatment as my brothers. But now that I'm older, they were just as neglected and they made some really fucked up decisions. So in my wisdom, I wouldn't have been better off had I traded places with my brothers. I would have surely ended up incarcerated just as they had. Third point is do things that make you happy. I'm trying. 
I'm trying. I'm getting into crafts. I'm going to take up yoga. As a matter of fact, I went to a pride event this past week. I won. I never win anything, but I did win something. I won a Lululemon yoga mat and block and 30 days unlimited yoga free. So there's that. So do things to make you happy. Black sheep, what makes you happy? If you can think of several things that make you happy, try to attain one thing. Challenge yourself to do one thing by next week. Embrace contentment. This, that's number four. This took a while because I was, my life was always chaotic. Either chaos was brought to me or I was causing chaos. Now that I'm older, I relish the peace. I relish looking at water. I relish tranquil moments. I relish my peace. Just embrace the moment. One part of this blurb for number four says loving yourself comes with embracing who you are in this season of you are without putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. The more you stress yourself out that you're not where you intend to be, you're going to overthink everything in your life, which again would lead to negativity. Facts. Five, increase positive emotions. That is a project because I've always been self-deprecating as I've said, sarcastic, but I've noticed since I've been doing the work and that work entails working on myself, doing the internal work, doing the hurtful work, the sarcasm is greatly minimized. So yeah, that's the benefit of doing the work, doing the hard internal work, undoing what has been done to us. And I have been having I've been having this thought come across my mind like this needs to be said so that people can understand you so let me let me just say what this podcast is not and I'm going to add it to the podcast description okay this podcast is not designed to shit on mama shit on daddy this podcast was created as a way for me to heal myself because I have waited so long for my parents to parent me that now I'm a middle-aged little girl so it's I've finally come come to understand that my healing is up to me I understand that my parents would never parent me They didn't do it when I was younger. Why do I think they would do it now? So I'm not here to shit on parents who have obviously had their own traumas. What I am shitting on, lack of accountability, not holding themselves responsible, not admitting that they're fucking wrong, being so caught up in themselves and so selfish 
that they can't see how they've hurt their kids and how it's impacted us into adulthood. I mean, let's, can we be honest here? My parents' children, so I'm referencing myself and my siblings, all of us have battled and or are currently battling addiction. All of us. All of the kids in some form, shape, or fashion has dealt with addiction, be it alcohol, weed, smoking. We became addicts in our own right. Coincidence? I think the fuck not. And the herein lies the issue. My parents have seen the struggle for those that they truly cared about. They know that their favorite children have chemical chemical dependence issues. And instead of accepting responsibility and understanding that they had a direct impact as to them being addicted, they become upset at the behaviors that stems from the addiction, such as um, a couple of, in addition to myself, where I'm sober, I've been maintaining a life of sobriety from alcohol, two siblings still heavily drink. And naturally, there is a personality change. And instead of dealing with the underlying fact of, hey, this behavior was a direct impact from growing up in an alcoholic home, they get upset at the personality changes and the silliness that stems from the chronic alcohol abuse, not taking life serious. Like the, the, the kids who drink seem to be stuck in a time warp where they were young. Do they work? Yes, they work. But off the clock, they're kids. They, they will not deal with life if it's of a serious nature. And my parents refuse to accept responsibility and refuse to accept the fact that they are a contributing factor. As a matter of fact, I asked my mother if she felt any responsibility for the youngest, who is the worst, who is worse off, if she felt any responsibility for him being an alcoholic. And she looked me right in the eye and said, nope. And I said, wow, that's really fucked up. And maybe she does, but she will never admit it to me. But you don't have to admit it to me, admit it to him. And what an issue that I also have is that when parents become senior citizens, they think that they're no longer responsible for the trauma. Yes, the fuck you are. It's I'm shitting on inaction. I'm sitting I'm shitting on lack of empathy. I'm shitting on denial and putting burying the head burying your heads in the sand. That's what I'm shitting on. I'm shitting on parents who believe they don't have to do shit to nurture a children, nurture children and they're surprised when the kids aren't nurturing them. You you get out what you put in if you don't put in nothing you get nothing 
and my mother is currently dealing with that she looks at her friends where their children are rallying around them and I said that that mother also put in the work to get that result you didn't do that you don't get to ignore us and then think we're just gonna raise you up on our shoulders that we're going to hold you in high esteem that you'll be put in a place of reverence you didn't earn that and thus you don't have it so this is almost a week later this i'm continuing i'm doing this in two parts and so we're going into let me see 24 I'm going into almost a month. Next week, it will be a month that I have gone no contact with my mother. I have been no contact with my father because uh, I believe I have stated previously that I don't share his religion, his religious beliefs. I did when I had no choice. I have a choice now and fuck that. Also, he's hypocritical. Like, you don't even respect your fucking religion. So how the fuck you expect me to respect it? So I've been gone, gone no contact with him. My mother is more recent because I felt it was my responsibility. And that's not, no longer my responsibility. I am tending to the little girl. So I know this was kind of like a rant. I know this uh, it was a ramble. But I understand that parents have incurred trauma so have i so have we but we've made a decision to stop the generational curses for lack of a better word we have made a decision to stop inflicting generational trauma or to not even begin the generational trauma and to anybody who wants to say oh you only have one mother kiss my entire black ass because she only has one daughter named Fatima and she clearly don't give a fuck and since she doesn't give a fuck neither do I so back to our regularly scheduled program number six surround yourself with positive people and you really have to be wary and be aware of those who portend to be positive because everything that glitter ain't gold and what I've learned years ago is that in order to have surround myself with positive people meant I had to change but it also meant my circle had to change which means my circle became smaller if you hear any sounds that's my my dog <laughs> so I'm going to read the people that you choose to surround yourself with are very important in loving yourself once you make the change of surrounding yourself with people who give off positive vibes people who encourage you and people who are dreamers they will rub off on you until soon enough you'll end up loving yourself even more in reality, loving yourself comes off from just feeling good about yourself and being confident in your capabilities as a person. This is a reason why the key to self-love is usually just positivity and acceptance of who you are as a person.
I don't think I even need to add any more to that unless you all think I should and if I do you can always send me a voice message and let me know but to me that one was self-explanatory I believe this is 20 ways to start loving yourself again and I am going to go probably 10 this week and then do the next 10 next week the final 10 because I also want to end the episode with an affirmation so let's go number seven practice loving kindness meditation Ooh, it's not just saying practice meditation practice loving kindness hmm okay let me read this those looking for a quick way to learn how to love yourself can practice self-love through a loving kindness meditation during this meditation you'll express your love for yourself and for those closest to you oh wow it can create positive emotions while letting out the negative ones. Practicing a loving kindness meditation daily is good for your mental health. You might be able to practice self-forgiveness and self-acceptance. It's easier to think positive thoughts when you spend 10 to 20 minutes each day doing a loving kindness meditation. Whenever you feel bad, just open your declutter the mind app to practice this meditation to overcome a lack of self-love you can find loving kindness videos here so obviously there are hyperlinks included in this article and what i'm going to do is i'm going to leave a link in the episode description to the 20 ways to love yourself to start loving yourself again and it will also include just look up number seven practice practice loving kindness meditation and you'll see the link for declutter the mind app now i have done some research the declutter the mind app is available on browser uh, android and ios operating systems but it is a premium app so i'm not sure how much it costs on the browser and for apple but i can confirm it is 7.99 uh, per month on android and guess what <clears throat> and guess what i'm worth 7.99 per month i am currently on the tab the 10 day loving kindness and I am going to start this after I record this episode because I honestly have no idea on how to start loving myself other than, you know, eating right, drinking water, taking uh, my daily vitamins. Other than that, I don't know how to talk to myself. I don't give myself hugs. I don't look in the mirror and go, girl, you're the bomb. You're fierce. I don't know how to do any of that. So I am going to take advantage of this $7.99 monthly app. And I'm going to fake it till I make it. 
Which brings us to number eight on how to start loving ourselves again. And this one is a biggie. Set boundaries. And that's funny because I had not gone through these, these points until this episode, but I have a note on the first page that says that I wrote the greatest act of self-care is setting boundaries. So I guess I do know how to love myself, excuse me, in some manner, because I have set boundaries, hard boundaries. And if anybody crossed those boundaries or attempt to diminish the boundaries that I have established, uh, they can exit stage left. So I'm happy to see that number eight is set boundaries. And it goes on to say one of the reasons as to why I lose our self-love. One of the reasons as to why we lose our self-love is that we forget to set boundaries for ourselves and allow people to walk all over us. This is one of the most important things you can integrate in loving yourself. It's okay to say no if your feelings say otherwise or if it's draining all the energy out of you. It's okay to put yourself first once in a while. You're not being selfish. You're just taking care of yourself. After all, if you don't love yourself, after all, if you don't love yourself and take care of yourself first, how can you do the same for others? Lord, I just heard that in, in RuPaul voice. <laughs> if you don't love yourself, how can you love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Excuse me, I'm taking the swig of water. Thank you. So setting boundaries, easy for some, difficult for others. It's easy for me to set boundaries for those I don't like. It's easy for me to set boundaries for those I'm not fond of. It's easy for me to set boundaries for family members I barely see. It was not easy for me to set boundaries with my mother after I've done the work. It became much easier because I understand my mother will not change. I understand this has been a formula that has worked for my mother all the way up until her senior years. So if it's not broke, why fix it? So I had to, I had to start fixing myself to understand that I was allowing damage. I had to fix myself to understand that I was being traumatized every time I made contact with my mother. Every time I spoke to my mother on the phone, if I spoke to her, uh, if I went to visit my mother, I can tell by my mother's body language, my mother, she does not like me. My mother, uh, I will say, is fond of the fact that I go above and beyond for her but my mother don't like me my mother don't like many people my mother don't like herself my mother 
does not allow anyone to get close to her because her trauma is rooted down in her and her and her trauma are one she will not allow anyone to touch the trauma you can't poke at the trauma you can't pride at the trauma they are so intertwined that touching her is touching trauma touching her trauma is touching her so I had to establish my boundaries my hard line uh, on the 24th of May and say enough is enough but check this out I spoke to my cousin and my mother asked my cousin if she had spoken to me. My cousin said no. My cousin, she she has she touches base with me and check on me. And my mother said, "Well, I guess I won't get a birth, be getting a birthday present from Fatima." <laughs> and a part of me wanted to cry, but then I remembered, "Girl, your mother is a narc. She don't have any feelings for you. She's not empathetic. She don't give a fuck." She's, she she won't become emotional over you. And then I just became horrified because I cut ties with my mother and all she could think about was she won't be getting a birthday present. Well, sister, you ain't getting a Christmas present either. You won't be seeing me at, at Thanksgiving either. So, yeah, she all she cared about was not receiving a birthday present so yeah setting boundaries and that retort that she gave just solidified my decision and confirmed my decision is what's best for me my setting that boundary was correct and number point number nine accept yourself as you are I can mostly Okay, accept yourself as you are. Y'all, I'm working this out during this broadcast. Accept yourself as you are. (sighs) Self-love starts with self-acceptance. You're not perfect. No one is. However, you can't spend your whole life beating yourself up, child. Your self-worth isn't determined by all the mistakes you make. It's how you move forward from those mistakes and what you do after you learn from them. Positive emotions will flow through you as you begin to practice self-acceptance and self-compassion. If you expect respect from others, start by showing it to yourself. better preach you better preach lead by example stop believing the negative thoughts that float in your mind don't get swayed by self-deception that you're not good enough Ooh wee oh yeah this definitely was meant for me <clears throat> practice self-care stop making excuses and focus on your well-being take responsibility for your actions take responsibility for your actions but then forgive yourself. No need to experience feelings of shame your whole life. The bad mistakes made you a good person. The bad mistakes made you a good person in the end. 
The sooner you realize this, the sooner you can process happiness. Hmm. And on that note, what's understood don't need to be explained. That that was a good one. And I am going to speak on number 10 of 20. There's 20 and I will deal with the final 10 in the next episode. Travel at least once a year. I remember I used to catch flack when I was younger because I traveled without my kids. And I understood the need to regenerate and having time to yourself. Travel at least once a year. It doesn't matter if you leave the country or if you're going to the next town over. Just carve out some time to yourself, for yourself, by yourself. And let me read this blurb. This is one of the perfect ways to get out of your comfort zone and check something on your bucket list. Whether it's traveling alone or with friends, traveling always makes you feel good about yourself. Not only do you get a chance of scenery, but you also get out of your own head. It's easy to get consumed with our own internal thoughts and problems and traveling is the perfect escape. With this, it makes you forget momentarily all the things you are worried about and thus you'd love yourself even more. Now that I can definitely agree with and co-sign because when I hop on the plane, whatever struggles, issues, momentary lapses of judgment I have, it's left at the airport. Once I jump on that plane, it's a new Fatima. Vacation Fatima takes over. I don't hardly talk on the phone. There's hardly any texting. All I do is I become one with nature. If you have to go via plane, train, automobile, and if you have to, or if you have to take a bus, do yourself a favor and travel at least once a year. Now I know what I read um, had included friends. If you can go by yourself, because I'm one of those people, I can do things by myself. I can take myself out to eat by myself. I can go shopping by myself. I can go to a bookstore by myself. I'm not someone who likes sharing their time when it's about me. I don't even, if someone calls and says, you want to go shopping? No, because I'm not going from store to store. When I go shopping, I'm in and out. Actually, now I do everything online. But if you can find a way to get out of your comfort zone and travel by yourself and just do baby steps if you living on the west side on the west coast if you're living on the west coast just go to a city a couple of hours away and then try going to the state next door wherever you are wherever you are go to a city that's a couple of hours away go to the state that's above you go to the state that's west of you south of you east of you if possible and then extend your borders each year to the point where you have no qualms about traveling overseas you'll love it 
I promise you. I'm trying to get to the Mediterranean. I want to just take a flight or flights. And I want to just slather myself with. Um, I want to slather myself with suntan lotion. I want to dig my feet in the sand. I want to go through the water. I want to eat the native foods. I want to taste the fruit. I just want to bask. Maybe I'll do an excursion. I don't know. But I won't die if I don't. When I travel, it is to 100% relax. So I'm challenging you on that. And speaking of challenges, um, I am challenging myself to learn how to swim. I don't know how to swim. I am ambivalent when it comes to water, but I am challenging myself. I am pulling myself out of my comfort zone and I am going to learn how to swim. I've done some research, but when I've when I did the research, everybody was closed. So it's Monday and I am on a mission. I am going to do myself a favor. So that's the challenge. Find something that'll take you out of your comfort zone. Work on it and let's meet back next week. And you guys let me know how you were able to meet your challenge. Okay. Also, I want to tell you about this app called I Am. I am not sponsored, but it's it's just a beautiful streamlined app. When I'm feeling down or if I want to speak negatively about it, about myself. If I want to speak negatively about myself, I immediately pick up my phone. I just downloaded this app three days ago and I have a couple of self-care affirmations like this one says I deserve to have a clean safe space for myself that's facts I released no I release past versions of me that no longer reflect who I am oh yes I am allowed to take time to care for myself yes I am I am allowed to prioritize my emotional needs and that's what I'm doing. That's why I had to set my boundaries and maintain them. So the app is called I Am. It's available on Apple and Android. There is a trial, but after the trial, it's only it's $20 for the whole year child I'll jack up $20 hitting somebody's drive through and this I can eat on for a long time because my mental health is now my top priority I mean it I am on a mission to nurture this little girl that never got to experience her childhood who never got to grow up I am mothering nurturing and loving on little miss Fatima so I hope you all got something out of this the best way to exemplify self-care for yourself is to establish 
boundaries and enforce them when necessary. Okay, so I am gone. I'm about to go and enjoy this sunshine. I hope today you can love yourself. Find some words, some positive reinforcements that you can say over and over and over again until you can really walk into it with meaning. I focus on bettering myself. This is another self-care quote. And, ooh, hey y'all, saying no is a form of self-care. And on that note, Black Sheep, I love you. I love you. And I love myself. Be kind to yourself. Love yourself. I don't care if it's drinking eight glasses of water. Uh, choosing to take the stairs instead of the elevator. Show yourself that you love yourself. Every time you want to say something negative, every time you want to castigate yourself, counter that with something positive. We're talking, this is years of negativity. So it's not going to change overnight, but we can start. So until next week, my sisters, my black sheep, I love you and take care. Bye. Um, I forgot before I end this part, this episode, I want to end it on a positive note because we're talking about mothers and daughters and parents and kids. And unless you have been living under a rock somewhere, or had your head in the sand, I know y'all have seen Blue Ivy getting down on the Renaissance tour. And if you haven't, you're in for a treat because I am going to highlight Blue Ivy and her fans are called the Ivy League. So I guess I'm part of that Ivy League because I am here for it. But I'm also including a snippet early on in the Renaissance tour where Beyonce is just beaming with pride. I hope this relationship just continues to flourish and I wish them the best. So I am going to end this episode with Beyonce and Blue Ivy. Goodbye, everybody.
Daddy.